schedule a day we're gonna podcast and then you texted me on thursday you're like are we gonna record tonight and i was like uh, <laughs> uh no <laughs> like i well, have nothing I was prepared thinking about it last thursday too but i was like right now i feel like is not the time to just like sit for an hour and record mm-hmm. yeah yeah um hi everyone uh welcome to you can live anytime with myself olivia and I am Annika, the practicing gay, which is perfect for many reasons because A, it's Pride Month. Happy mm. Pride, all you queers and gays and everyone in the LGBTQIA community. We love you. Um, mm-hmm. And also because of today's topic, which we'll get to later. Yeah, so, we will get to it. I'm um, excited. Thank you all. Um, for being patient with us um about last week um in the midst of our current climate of our country um annika and i felt it was best that we um left social media open for um black voices and the black lives matter movement and everything that's going on and um we wanted to support instead of taking time last week to record and edit and do all that stuff I think both of us were busy studying reading Um, I was going to protest um, but on top of that also Olivia was moving into a new apartment Um, so it's just it's a time of a lot of changing in our country in our lives so we just needed to take that time to to do that I um I would love to go and protest and I have decided that that is not my best course of action personally only because my line of work I work with very vulnerable populations when it comes to health and me potentially exposing myself to more people than I have to um, especially with COVID still being a thing um, the population that I work with for what I do professionally, Um, I need to keep them safe. So I am taking time to educate and donate and sign petitions and doing those sorts of things. And that's, if there are people out there that don't feel comfortable protesting or, you know, everyone has their reasons of what they can do. There are still so many great things that you can do. And even though this podcast will come out later, like the movement is still very real. It's still very alive. Um, And we still have so much to accomplish. Yes. Um, they might be different when this comes out, but it honestly probably won't. Um, Breonna Taylor's murderers are still police officers in the Louisville force. So mm-hmm. email, call, donate, whatever you can do. Please, um, if you guys can, you know, reach out, talk to people in your community, um, start conversations with people. I had a couple conversations with some people in my life that are that are politically different and it's really cool to see even people that I had the perception of if they had very harsh views that are like this is ridiculous and I love the humanity that even though 
in a very polarized country and especially the fact that sadly this movement gets very much wrapped up into politics in which it shouldn't it's a human rights movement um but it's really cool to see everyone really coming together and being like if that happened to someone i loved i'd be in the streets like we shouldn't expect yeah. anything less and um one of my good friends that i met through schooling in my master's degree um we had been chatting we had a really cool conversation about some stuff i had posted and some stuff she had posted um and she voiced she's like i have never seen so many people of so many different races coming to help the black community and she's like i've she specifically was like i've never seen so many white people support this movement and i think you know annika and i have talked down and off a little bit about it and i think it's just really awesome to see that it truly is a human rights movement and that everyone wants change and we want real change yeah i think that's been really cool because obviously the black lives matters movement started a while ago i mm -hmm. don't know the specific date but if i had to throw a year at it it would be like three or four years ago um, in response to another shooting of an innocent black boy or man mm -hmm. uh, but right now is when it's garnering all of that momentum to really move forward and really create positive change and not just raise the awareness that it's an issue it, you know now we're starting to see political power shift so it's not the time to give up obviously mm -hmm. with an election in november vote that's super important and like, be aware of the issues going on around you and know what you can do to help to make actual change but after that very serious note we do have some fun stuff to bring to you yes today. hopefully this episode will bring you a little bit of light in this time of advocacy and it, everything else that can be kind of hard on the the body and the brain Mm -hmm. um so hopefully we can bring you some humor some light some love today mm -hmm. so with that we're gonna go into our catch-up segment hopefully bring up some fun happy things <laughs> like i know olivia has a big one since last time we've talked um yeah guys life has been a little intense so as you all know before so we skipped last week so before that um so i moved into my new place getting settled it is very very cool um it's nice to kind of have my own space again like i did in college not that i didn't love living with my parents i love them <laughs> but when you're 23 years old you're like all right i gotta do my own thing um but I gotta go my own way <laughs> Sorry, that was um, the first thing that came to mind. No, it's okay. But um, another announcement. Um, I <laughs> I wish you all could see Attica's face right now. <laughs> I'm so excited. I didn't um, get to the announcement. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, so um, this past weekend, so we are recording on a Saturday. Oh, so like a week ago. Uh, last Saturday, um, Andrew, who I talk about a lot, who's my boyfriend, um, he's actually now my fiance. He proposed to me. Um, so I'm engaged, which feels still very weird to say. Banner announcement. I do not have a date. Nobody ask me. 
<laughs> Nobody asked. <laughs> I also just started a new job in my profession. Um, that's my number one priority right now. So wedding is not number one on the list at the moment. We'll get to it. But um, yeah. Yeah. it's been a long time coming, guys. So, But it's exciting. And you're going to be one of my first friends to get married, which is like at this age, well, on social media all the time, you see people our age just like yes. constantly posting about marriages and weddings of their mm-hmm. friends or of themselves. And I have not had any yet. Mm. I have one yeah. on the horizon in 2021. My, one of my best guy friends who <laughs> actually <laughs> is my ex-boyfriend, yeah. uh, we dated in high school and then I was gay. Um, <laughs> bud. And then I was gay. <laughs> and then I was gay, but he's getting married to his wonderful fiance. And now you are getting married to your wonderful fiance. And I'm so excited yeah. for weddings to start happening in my life, celebrating love. Mm-hmm. Um, well and I think the really fun part is is that sorry like spoiler spoiler alert but also no shock spoiler (laughs) (laughs) um spoiler alert like I have no idea my wedding's gonna be but you're gonna be in it I'm gonna ask you like officially yeah no duh I mean it's literally uh, I would be kind of offended because you told me like two years ago that not Alex and I were all going to be your bridesmaids. So if you like took it back now, I would be like, mm, "Excuse me, we started a podcast together." <laughs> yeah, it's the... we already have a child. <laughs> Is this podcast our infant? Yeah. Oh, it's like kind of gay, but not. But it's fine. Because it's very I, fun. I am gay. This is true. <laughs> Okay, yeah, but so literally, well, you and then the three other people I talk about on this podcast that are women are Nat, Alex, and my sister Mallory. Like, that's the squad. What's up? That's it. Squad up. Yeah. I'm going to ask all you guys, like, officially, except I have to figure out how to do it because y'all okay. live far away. We all, yeah, we all live far away or, like, so, not, like, close, close to you anymore. Yeah. Nat doesn't live close, close anymore. Um, I can do something well so like I'm gonna have to like send you guys like you know the really cute like you're gonna send me a present maybe I don't even have a date yet so you're gonna be don't get excited for anything soon (laughs) okay no I'm I get my mom my mom literally the other day because I started like talking to her a little bit and she was like let's not talk for a month about it and I said sounds good yeah yeah you know just the typical just the typical everyday thing happening in your life. You're yes. moving to a new apartment. You're starting a new life with your fiance. That's so, I keep saying it and it's kind of like, I love it. I'm so excited. But when you call someone your boyfriend for over nine years, and then it's you have to change. It's weird to like change mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I keep calling him my boyfriend. It's just a transitional word. But um, what's new with you? What's going on? How's life? Honestly, not much. I've been doing just the whole work thing. I like I said earlier, I've been going to protests. That's probably the biggest thing that's changed is like I've actually kind of left my apartment for a while now. There you go. Obviously taking precautions. The second time I went to a protest last weekend and I went with a friend and we handed out hand sanitizer and snacks and Gatorade because it was a really hot day. 
for like four hours out there. It was really fun. Everyone loved the hand sanitizer (laughs) because obviously that's one of the things is Mm -hmm. that like everyone out there is taking so many precautions to stay healthy and safe um, while they're out there. For the most part, people are pulling apart from larger crowds and like they have their masks on and they've got hand sanitizer with them or someone's giving out hand sanitizer. So I, I had someone from the news take my picture and sadly I don't think I made it on any news sites, but whatever. That's okay. Okay. Well now I'm going to start creeping on news sites and trying to find you. Yeah. There was one lady from Buzzfeed news who got a quote from me but I've been looking at BuzzFeed news articles and none of them have used me. And I also think that the relevancy of my sign has like passed, like the sign that I was holding. I'm sorry. But anyways. Well, I'm glad you've been getting out of your apartment. And that's the one thing I feel like we've been talking about is you're like, even though you're an introvert. Yeah. Yeah. But I I feel like it is different when you live alone. Mm-hmm. I kind of was getting like awkward I haven't interacted with humans for like two months vibes mm-hmm. I just want to come nice to like see humans <laughs> you're like ah <laughs> uh, you're all here you're all in, in this space together that spans like seven blocks but like we're here together in front of the white house uh, yeah um all the time anytime we talk about how you are and you're like I'm just in my apartment by myself ah I'm like I just want to hug you and I can't because you're so far away virtual hugs sending virtual hugs I I hug hug you through the phone in case you guys haven't like figured out by now I communicate through song and dance a lot Mm -hmm. so anyways um speaking of song oh my gosh we guys. have a very important oh snap we forgot uh, <laughs> in which on the last episode mm-hmm. i literally forgot my camp song and then as soon as i got off the podcast i was able to sing it perfectly fine mm-hmm. so anyways this is my rendition we're gonna try not to laugh as hard this time we know it's coming deep breaths this is the new rendition of the egg song. Here we go. Wiggle, jiggle, yellow middle. That's the best of what you are. I love you, egg. White and tender surround the center. Cozy sitting in their crackling shell. I love you, vitamins and minerals in you. Oodles of the protein too. Oodle doodle, popular and perfect it. So completed every way. I love you, eggs. Eggs come into my tummy. Oh, so very yummy. Crack, crack, crack. Chip and chip away your shell and come to me. Get your eggs. I love you, fresh eggs. I love you, white eggs. Really, really love you. So eggs, fresh, fresh eggs. 365 days. I really love you so. I really love you so. Mm, yummy. And that's it. That's the egg song. So I know you guys have been waiting two weeks for that. I that have was finally fantastic. delivered. Um, thank you. You're so welcome. Anytime. 
that was fantastic. I tried not to laugh. It's very hard, especially when you say yummy in my tummy. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, Yummy. Oh my gosh. That's a good one. That is not something I've heard yet. Talking about food like that. Specifically eggs. It highlights them in such a positive way. Yeah, we love eggs. Full of protein. Full of, you know, (gasps) they're probably good for your heart and whatever. I don't know. Speaking of eggs, I have to tell you because I'm really proud of myself. Okay, newsflash. I can't cook like at all. And Mallory, my sister makes fun of me all the time because as a kid, she spent a lot of time in the kitchen with my mom and I didn't, I don't know where I was. I don't know where I was. So I didn't really learn how to cook like my sister did. So she always makes fun of me because she's like, you don't know anything. And I'm like, cool. Thank you. So when Andrew and I moved in together, we made stir fry and we had a bunch of leftover white rice And I've been trying to kind of perfect on how to make homemade like chicken fried rice, you know, that they make like a Japanese steakhouse and stuff. And I did a pretty good job. And I'm very proud of myself. That's all. I mean, it's very hard to make fried food taste bad because you just, it's fried. But, But I do get that like, there's definitely a difference from like food not tasting bad to like food tasting pretty good or like feeling good about the food that you made you know what I mean well especially because I feel like there are lots of different components to fried rice that make it different from what it tastes like when you get it at carryout or like Japanese steakhouse or something like that and sesame oil is the kicker like if you want to make at home fried rice and you want to make it the way it is you need sesame oil just so did you get sesame oil for your fried rice it was expensive. I yeah, care. I've really been learning that about things that make food taste good. Like now I go to the grocery store and I'm like, ooh, the spice aisle. But then everything's like $20. And I'm like, as much as I want fun spices for my food, mm-hmm. I don't want to pay $20 for a thing of time. Mm-hmm. like t-h-y-m-e not like i'm buying five minutes. <laughs> that's like that one movie there's a movie where their lives like they stop aging at like 28 justin timberlake's in it they stop aging and they have like a time clock on their arm and you have to like buy time to live i don't think i've seen that movie i know i've seen that one it was a like, weird like sci-fi one the the one where they have like the spring that they drink from in the forest and then they can live forever it's tuck everlasting that's what it's called i don't think i've seen that one actually i I think it's it's mainly a book we had to read it in like elementary school or something but then there is a movie that was based off of it and then there's like those couple there's like benjamin button never seen it but know that it's like aging backwards do you watch any sci-fi stuff not like really it's not really my genre I know okay by the way so the other day Annika was on her private Instagram story on her personal private Instagram Mm. story she was like ask me questions and somebody said what's your favorite movie and she went on this really long rant about her favorite movie and can I please point out to you the whole entire time I was like why didn't you automatically say lemonade mouth like I I did bring it up. I did bring it up 
yeah but if you listen to the whole thing I was like here's the thing I would love to say that my favorite movie is Lemonade Mouth but I feel like I'm gonna get judged like that's my whole thing about picking a favorite movie because some people out there are like my freshman year roommate who was a film major and are just like really picky about films and if I'm like my favorite movie is Lemonade Mouth they're gonna be like have you ever seen any good movies and I'm like I'm sorry but does it spark joy for you yes so then let it be your favorite movie except that one line where they're standing outside the pizzeria (laughs) and they're looking at that sign (laughs) and I think it's Naomi and I'm not sure if that's her real name or her actress name the name of her character no it's it's her real name Naomi Scott she goes maybe we do matter and every time I'm like that's the best you could come up with (laughs) that's the writers that's on them not her that's on them it's not on Naomi Scott but her name is Mohimi in the movie by the way Oh, yeah, they call her Mo, don't they? Mo. Yeah, yeah, if it sparks joy for you, you know, like, um, what? Determinate, determinate. That was, like, that was also something that Annika and I watched a lot on top of to all the boys I loved before. We watched it once when we were home at my house for yes. ACL. Mm-hmm. That's we what did. we put on on Saturday night, the night that we didn't stay up since 4 a.m., to get on a flight anyways it was a good time it was a really good time. a good time yeah if it's if that's what sparks joy I mean but I also think like on top of your rant when it comes to movies like I feel like it depends on my mood what's like if some okay I'm someone where I feel like the world gets kind of nasty and sad and when I watch a movie all I want to do is watch something really carefree and like funny yeah. or like a comedy like I love Disney plus because I love children's movies because they just make me so happy yeah like how can you not watch Moana and sing along just like be like oh it's just you know that was another thing in my rant is that like if I'm going to watch a movie it's because I want to escape the monotony of my everyday life Mm -hmm. and so so many of those artsy films like to me are monotonous because they're not like action movies or comedy movies where like the goal is to like Mm -hmm. have all this stuff happen yeah and so it's just like, duh, this isn't, this isn't what I wanted in a movie. Or like, there are movies that are probably very critically acclaimed that are sad. And I'm like, my life is sad enough. I don't need more sad on top Stop. of like living in an apartment by myself and not being able to leave for three months. Like, yeah. give me something happy, snappy, upbeat, fun. Mm-hmm. Anyways, this was a this was a reiteration of my rant that we didn't need to have because we need to move on to our main topic yes of the day mm-hmm. which is <laughs> drag queens sort of drag queens okay sort of mostly rupaul's drag race yes. but it's so like drag queen centric and as i said at the top of the episode Happy prides, queers. Yep. Multiple prides. Have all the prides you want. Have pride every month. Okay, so the reason I wanted to talk about drag queens, specifically RuPaul's Drag Race, is 
um, that watching RuPaul has been something my sister and I have been getting into. It's something we watch together. Um, and we both have very passionate opinions um, about RuPaul. So my sister- And I know, I know for a fact that my opinions and your opinions are different. And so this is going to be interesting. I know. So my sister and I started from season one of RuPaul, which is like one of like the most unknown seasons of RuPaul because it was, there were only like nine girls on it and it was in 2009, but it looks like it was shot in the nineties. It's a very weird season, but um, so I'm going to do like a brief. So my sister and I are currently on season six and but we're like not that far in so I'm not going to talk about season six. Oh, and I will not be talking about all stars for those of you who follow RuPaul's Drag Race for those people that don't follow RuPaul's Drag Race um, or drag queens in general. I apologize. It's a weird niche but that people it's love. It's also like you're going to learn during this podcast. You're going to learn to love drag queens and RuPaul's Drag Race. I mean, we've we've talked about weird niche things before, like murder and soccer. So True. you guys are just going to have to live with it. <laughs> You're coming to this podcast for <laughs> our interests, and our interests are currently drag queens. So, yes, this is true. Because, so Annika started watching season five, right? Yeah, I was on FaceTime with one of my friends um, late at night one time, and she was like, dude, you have to start watching RuPaul's Drag Race but don't start at the beginning and she said basically for the reasons that Olivia said like the first few seasons are not actually very good as far as like the show and what it becomes like they're kind of they're different they're still experimenting with what all the challenges Mm -hmm. are going to be they have the weird beauty filter on them that makes it look like it's 1990 instead of 2009 Um, you know the queens just really start to be good and developed in season five so start on season five so I have watched seasons five six seven and I'm halfway through all stars two which is mainly queens from season four five and six so I so today I'm gonna do a brief overview of seasons one through four and pretty much just highlight like who I loved who I thought was problematic, like all that kind of stuff. Um, And then I think just because Annika's actually seen season five, we're going to deep dive season five and kind of go through like the cast list and who went home when and how we felt about stuff. So a quick overview for those of you that don't follow um, Drag Queens or RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, RuPaul is like the queen of drag. He has been in the drag community and has been kind of the leader of it for ever um and so to my knowledge he started the show to kind of start bringing um drag kind of into light more and i think it's mm-hmm. accomplished that into for the sure main culture popular culture as opposed to like mm-hmm. you know that back alley like side culture in you know new york club scenes and everything mm-hmm. but yeah i think it's really cool because i think he really accomplished what the show set out to do was mainstream Mm -hmm. it. Um, And drag queens are a lot more well-known. People follow them regularly. Um, And drag queens are typically men. 
um, who dress as women and a lot of them have personas and characters and they develop their own personality with their drag names. Um, every person is different, so it's not like a one-size-fits-all kind of thing. That's definitely something that we, I want to point out. It's kind of whatever you make it. Also, I think something people automatically assume is that uh, men that are drag queens are gay, and that is not true. Um, there are straight men that do drag just because they love it. Um, so if you guys also ever have bisexuals that do drag. Yes, that's true. There All are... sexualities can do mm -hmm. drag. Yes, exactly. If you guys are interested and have the time, watch RuPaul. It's a fantastic show. But even there are there are definitely local drag shows wherever you go. Um, if you take the time to look them up, meet them. Especially in big cities, mm -hmm. you'll yeah. find drag shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you guys are interested, go support um, those clubs and those people that do that. They work really, really hard, um, and they're not wonderful now, performers. Right now, stay at home because of COVID. Oh yes, no, not right now. But when things, but in the future, when things, mm -hmm. you know, start picking back up, yeah. go out, go out to the clubs, find a drag queen, befriend her, and tell us about season one. Yes. Okay. Season one is kind of known as the lost season of RuPaul's Drag Race, just because it wasn't really popular then. And like, as Annika says, if you weren't following it from the beginning, um, it's not something that's mentioned very heavily because literally when Mallory and I started watching RuPaul's Drag Race season one, she was like, when was this made? Like, this looks so old. And I looked it up and I had her guessing and she was guessing. She was like, oh, like 92, 94. <laughs> and I was like, try 2009. And she was like, no way. So yeah, the filters aren't the best on that season, but um, they're still, and what I really love is since the beginning, um, RuPaul has always cast a very diverse kind of drag queens from um, different areas of the world, different races, um, people with different backgrounds, and that come from different drag scenes. That's one of the cool things that I won't deep dive into only because I don't have personal knowledge like heavily, and I don't want to speak incorrectly about different drag cultures, but I know like the difference between LA's drag scene and New York City's drag scene is very different. Um, they kind and even of even like within the boroughs in New York City, there's like different. Like if you go into a Manhattan, it's going to be different from a club in Brooklyn. Yeah, I like the drag scene there. Yeah, um, and whether you're a newer drag queen or drag queens that have been doing drag for a long time. Um, and a lot of them connect to older forms of drag. So it just kind of depends. So I'm not going to speak on it in each area. And it's not just LA and New York, but all around the country. It's very different. And it also depends on the personality of the drag queen. So that's what I've always really loved. Like from season one, they've had drag queens from Puerto Rico pretty regularly, which is really cool. Um, from the beginning, my sister and I loved um, Nina Flowers, who ended up being number two, um, and she was deemed a miscongeniality. and Mallory and I were so livid, because from the beginning, she was just gorgeous, she was very, like, androgynous, and she was so good at makeup, and, like, from the beginning, we were like, okay, she's gonna win, and BB ended up winning. And this is one of my biggest 
this is one of the biggest reasons why I'm upset about the first couple of seasons of RuPaul because I'm sorry, I feel like RuPaul doesn't pick the strongest queens. I felt like he picked the queens that resembled him most. Mm. That might be controversial. I'm sorry. But for the first two seasons specifically, I'm livid because I was like, she wasn't actually the strongest. Like, it was no. just a matter of personal. Mm-hmm. So when you taste. get down to it, um, Nina Flowers, she had never been in the bottom two. She had never lip synced mm-hmm. for her life. Oh, maybe I should talk about, like, the general layout of RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay, so you start out, sorry guys, sidebar nation. Um, you start out with everyone coming in at the beginning, and there's an elimination each week. Um, there's a series of challenges that they have to do, whether it's photo shoots, like making costumes, uh, having to do comedy scenes, yeah, comedy scenes, having to do makeovers of everyday people and turn them into drag queens. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's very improv based, like mm -hmm. that you just got to think of on the spot and like be funny and witty and, Mm -hmm. you know, and not only do you have to do personal challenges but you have to learn how to like work as a team um Mm -hmm. and do those sorts of things so it's a very um diverse and um I can't think of the correct word right now but there's a lot of different challenges people go through and um at the end of each week there are always two people in the bottom two and they are have to lip sync for their life um is what it's called and so um, each week, all the queens have to learn a song that they have to lip sync. And if you're in the bottom two, you have to lip sync and like give a grandiose like performance to try to like save yourself and um, keep yourself in the competition. And so that kind of, everyone goes through that process. Yeah. Until- so the lip sync for your life, whoever RuPaul feels like did the best job is the one that he allows to stay in the competition. And then yeah. the other one goes home. Um, and I think something that, Olivia was kind of mentioning in season one that is different from a lot of other competition shows is that RuPaul really makes all the decisions in this show like there's a panel of judges and they Mm -hmm. all give feedback but like very unlike I don't know America's Got Talent or like World of Dance which are other shows Mm -hmm. that I watch sometimes like the only person that makes a decision is RuPaul instead of like the judges each give a name and whoever has the most names or whatever goes home. So it's very much like RuPaul will listen to all the feedback from all of the judges, mm-hmm. but he makes the decisions and he decides the winner in the end as well, which is mm-hmm. what Olivia was saying earlier. So it's not that I didn't think BB did a good job. I think um, she was a strong contender, but <sighs> Nina was just better. That's all I have to say about that. But I do like to plug Angina, who was a queen in season one. They had a challenge where they had to do um, an HIV AIDS campaign. um, Mm. And she ended up winning that challenge. And she came out on the show as being HIV positive. And how, like, she hadn't told anyone about it. Um, And she broke down in tears and she's like, the fact that I get to represent this population, it is something that I'm personally going through. It was one of the most real moments that I've ever seen on RuPaul's Drag Race. So if you guys want to look that up, it was a very shocking moment. Um, But it was also really cool to see someone in such a like vulnerable moment and to to feel very seen. So yeah. So um, season two is also a season that I'm freaking pissed about. 
because I didn't feel like that Rue freaking picked the right person. So um, I loved the top three, um, which was Tyra Sanchez, Raven, and Juju B. They were all pretty good. I didn't like Tyra from the beginning only because, guys, there are those queens that have attitude problems and they're not team players. And those kinds of people yeah. make me mad. Yeah. Like, so Tyra ended up winning. And in one of the earlier group challenges, she, like, wasn't doing her part. And she was taking a nap while everyone else was working. And I was like, not allowed. Sweetie. And so when she ended up winning, I was so mad because the runner-up was Raven. Um, and I know she's, um, I don't know if she's on. I haven't looked up All-Stars at all because I'm trying to, like, shield my eyes. Like, I'm watching everything as it's coming out. But raven was the superior queen and again i felt like tyra got picked because she looked a lot like rue i mean she was beautiful and i think that was also i got a burr under my saddle because raven was definitely the quote-unquote edgiest queen in the group at for that season and i felt like she didn't get picked because of that because she looked a little Mm. different and the judges would constantly be like we need you to be a little more feminine and it's like you can be feminine, but not be wearing a big ball gown and those sorts of things. And so I felt like the judging in the earlier seasons was very skewed and they weren't flexible in their definition of what being feminine was as a drag queen. And that's something that I'm really happy that grew and developed over the seasons, even to where Mallory and I are at now is because I remember the first couple seasons, like a drag queen would wear like a pantsuit or something with pants. And they're like, you're a drag queen. You shouldn't wear pants. I'm like, plenty of women wear feminine looking pants. pants all the time. Yeah. And I do get their point. They're like, well, if you're a drag queen, you don't, they're like, we don't want you to look like a boy. And I'm like, but they don't like, I don't know. Yeah. Yes. So it was stuff like that, that in the earlier seasons, I felt like I was like, those sorts of comments I don't feel like are relevant because I'm like, drag is whatever you make it. And I don't know, you know what I mean? So that season, Mm -hmm. I was also mad because I didn't think Tyra was the strongest drag queen and she ended up winning, but whatever. Um, Season three, season three, I think was one of the first seasons where we actually saw some really top tier drag queens. Not that the first two seasons weren't good. I just think But the show was relatively unknown, I feel like, and so it took a while for people to start wanting to be on the show and, like, seeing it as actually, like, a way to gain notoriety and compete against other people who are really good at drag. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, so the winner was Raja, and honestly, you could tell from day one that Raja was going to be the winner because she walked down that runway like a model, like a real-time, like, Milan, New York, Paris, mm-hmm. like she had the legs, she had the walk, she was focused. Sometimes she had an attitude problem, which Mallory was always like, I don't like Raja because she always has an attitude problem. I'm like, yeah, but she always looks stunning and she knows what she's doing. Like I but I do and I might bring this up again when we discuss season five, mm-hmm. but I do have a problem sometimes with what in the drag community is called fishy queens. And so fishy queens are the ones who pride themselves in making themselves actually look like a girl. Mm -hmm. Um, And so with a lot of people, you can like tell sometimes that they're 
they have a lot of makeup on and so they're a drag queen and some people really exaggerate their looks or mm-hmm. you know all of that stuff but fishy queens are the ones who usually have very feminine bodies not very broad set shoulders and like a smaller waist mm-hmm. um and some of them have work done to have a larger butt and <laughs> some of them don't mm-hmm. have work done some of them just do a lot of squats or something but they really pride themselves in making themselves look beautiful yeah and female feminine mm-hmm. but then they come on to RuPaul's Drag Race and they don't have any other skills other than their makeup and they're like the thing that's going to win me this competition is the fact that I'm beautiful and I'm mm. pretty, but they don't have any of the like comedy skills or the acting skills or the improv skills. Like that they sewing, know building their own costumes, stuff like that. That they know are going to be part of the show. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you can't come on to the show thinking that you're going to win because you're pretty when you know that you need all of these other things in order to actually get anywhere. So mm-hmm. I have a problem sometimes with fishy queens, but I understand what you mean about like someone who walks onto the runway like they know that they can win and that they like have that attitude Mm -hmm. I would like to shout out this was the first year where I felt like the runner-up and first place so um Manila Luzon you guys should look her up she was right there with Raja the whole time and it was really neck and neck and I really that was the first time where I was like I don't know who's gonna win because she was consistent she was quirky but not she her fashion was quirky but in a good way she knew how to style herself and make everything still look high fashion Mm -hmm. she was great at sewing and building costumes she had the comedy portion of it and so you guys should look her up I think she returns her all-stars or if not she's still really really big in the drag community um and she's gorgeous so um I loved her a lot um you guys should look her up um if you have time okay season four going down the list okay this is where i was so happy i finally got someone that i really loved who won sharon needles she was spooky and true to herself the whole time and i loved from the beginning everyone was like she's not gonna be a problem like she's spooky and weird and Mm -hmm. the whole like she can only be scary and quirky and how she showed up and she was consistent she was beautiful she could do the challenges and that was finally where I was so happy because someone and I'm sorry but Fifi O'Hara was like a really big problem for me because she was constantly just like well I'm beautiful and Sharon's not a problem for me and I'm gonna win because I'm beautiful and I'm feminine and I'm like so is Sharon Needles yeah, just a different version. It goes back to that whole what's the definition of a femininity thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because, and I feel like they butted heads so much because Sharon was so different and she was doing so well and she was challenging the stereotype. And it was just really satisfying to see that you can be outside of the box and you can still be successful. Does that make sense? Because I feel like, yeah. and Sharon Needle said it herself so many times she's like I was a kid I always felt like an outcast I felt like I couldn't do anything and I would never be recognized or wanted and this showed me that like even though I'm an outcast and I'm quote-unquote weird and all that kind of stuff like you can still be successful and people still love you and what you represent also that year Chad so the 
top three were Sharon Needles, Chad Michaels, and Fifi O'Hara. Chad Michaels was fantastic. Look up mm-hmm. Chad Michaels. I also have to shout out Latrice Royale. She I okay. This is one she's one that like gets brought back for like the final ceremonies a lot to do like interviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I know who Latrice Royale is. She's the one with who uses like her characterization is that she still uses her really deep man voice when she yes. talks, right? Yes. Yeah. She's hilarious and beautiful, and it was the furthest, uh, you know, they usually point out um, there are plus-size drag queens, and she was, to my knowledge, where I'm at in RuPaul's Drag Race, she is one of the plus-size drag queens that has gotten the highest um, in the competition. She was fantastic, she was consistent, and she was one of those queens where she was so real, and she wasn't she just wasn't mean to anyone Mm -hmm. and it was so Mm -hmm. nice and so refreshing to see someone get to the top that was very genuine and sweet and is like we can all still be friends you know you guys know that right like we don't have to be so cutthroat all the time so that was really yeah okay sorry that took forever to get to season five okay season five so (sighs) you know the first couple eliminations are always like you don't really get to know the drag queens, so you don't really get to see, like, if you actually like them or not. It's just, like, if they fail on the first couple challenges, they're just, they're, they're out. Like, mm-hmm. see, sorry. Yeah. So, I think one of the biggest highlights from the beginning was the duel of Alyssa Edwards and Coco. Oh, yeah. That was something that happened week one. So basically, there are these two drag queens, Alyssa Edwards and Coco Montrese, and there was a scandal, I don't know how many years ago, but for, it was like a Miss Gay America or Mr. Gay America or something like that. It was a pageant Mm -hmm. competition, Mm -hmm. and originally, Alyssa Edwards had won, but then halfway through her year-long reign, they stripped her of her crown and I'm still not quite sure why I don't know if that was ever made clear why she was stripped of the crown but it had something to do with she wasn't able to fulfill all of the duties of Miss Gay America and so the crown was then handed over to Coco Montrese so Alyssa Edwards was holding a lot of grudge over that Mm -hmm. and so the fact that they were both on this same season and competing against each other again there was a lot of tension mm-hmm. between the two of them. Yeah. Well, and I think even, I feel like after a while, Coco fixated on it a lot too. And she really let it get the better of her. And to my knowledge, it sounded a lot like it wasn't just like Alyssa Edwards got crowned and won and Coco was runner up. And what it, the only thing that I remember hearing that it was shady was Coco, because they were friends. That was mm-hmm. one of the biggest things is they were friends. And I guess Coco was the one going to the judging panel or whoever and was saying stuff like, I don't think she can handle it. Like, I don't think da 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 Um, And was the one kind of being shady and kind of Mm. was one of the reasons that the crown was stripped from her. Was taken away from her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was a really big one. This, so was season five the first double elimination during- maybe i think so because and i remember this too we both talked about this when Mm -hmm. we were like when you were watching it and i already finished watching it Mm -hmm. um we both talked about how 
So there was a lip sync for your life. Who was it between? Do you have it the names between, there? Between um, um, Vivian Panay and Honey Mahogany. And both Vivian Panay especially was very much a fishy queen, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Yes. Honey Mahogany was like kind of in the middle of the road. Yeah. But like they had, I think it was I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor, which is what they're supposed to be lip syncing to. Mm-hmm. Is that the right artist? I don't know. And so the, it's this big, passionate song, and neither of them were actually very passionate while singing it. And I was like, I don't see how during this lip sync, Rue can choose one to be better than the other because they're both just kind of flatlining. Mm-hmm. And I think both of us had that like thought while it was happening mm-hmm. during that that lip sync for your life. And then afterwards, Rue was like, I don't see passion from either of you. Both of you are going home. Yeah, but then I will say season five I also remember there was a week where he said the exact opposite and he was like I saw so much passion from both of you you're both staying I don't remember when that was but I think it was between Roxy Andrews and possibly Alyssa Edwards yeah I'm pretty sure that's I'm pretty sure you're right if we are wrong if we are wrong someone can correct us on Instagram but Mm -hmm. um yes but Speaking of Roxy Andrews, another oh big drama through the season was Rolaska Talks. Yes. So mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season, there are these three drag queens who kind of knew each other already from the scene. Their names were Roxy Andrews, Detox, and Alaska. And so together their names are Rolaska Talks. So for the first few challenges, they like always teamed up they were always just like you they know, were a click they were a click so they were kind of mean to other drag queens as well and they were just like very focused on themselves and doing really well for themselves and then kind of halfway through the season almost the judges were like they said to alaska actually it was alaska who was kind of chosen out of the group they were like we feel like you're using the other two as a crutch mhm And so then there was this whole big like breakup where Alaska walked into the workroom one way and instead of saying Rolaska talks like they usually did, she was like Alaska. Mm -hmm. And it was like a separation moment. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think something we also need to point out is that Alaska came on to season five. And one of the biggest things is at the time, Alaska was dating Sharon Needles, who who had just won season four. Yes. And so, and one of the biggest things, and Sharon Needles says it in the last episode of season four, is Sharon Needles is really upset because she was like, my boyfriend back home is also a drag queen. Like her name is Alaska. And she has tried out for RuPaul's Drag Race since season one. And she has Mm -hmm. not gotten on. And she's like, I tried out for RuPaul's Drag Race once and I got on and I won. And so that was something that from the beginning, Alaska talked about as not only wanting to be on RuPaul's since season one and continuously not getting picked, but also the fact that Alaska was like, I'm dating the last winner. Like, I feel like I have big shoes to fill. I feel like there's even more pressure on me. And that was something that she vocalized that she struggled with like throughout the season. Um, And I think that was one of the biggest wake up calls for her when the judges were like, hey, like, don't use these other girls as a crutch, like, be Alaska, like, you don't need to use these girls, you don't need to use, like, just because your boyfriend won last season, 
like you need to be you like be your genuine self don't let those things hold you back and I think that really set her free and set that her really off helped because her. then mm-hmm. she got like she really shined that second half of season five yeah I agree with that so I will say oh and then there was so Jinx Monsoon who ended up being the winner of season five she so here's my thing I'm going to come with this because I know that this is where we differ. I liked Jinx Monsoon since maybe week three. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. Whenever Snatch Game is, which is like an improv. She did so well. She did so well in Snatch Game. And I think that for me, she was one of those quirky queens. She was very much like comedy Mm -hmm. is my strong suit. Like, the runways I'm not going to go high fashion I'm just going to make myself look like a woman and a lot of the judges comments were like we want to see more high fashion from you we want to see you know different looks but she created a character and so she was very much like Mm -hmm. sticking to the fact that she had created her own character as Jinx Monsoon but I love Jinx Monsoon because she was consistent from the beginning Mm -hmm. and I feel like with Alaska, who was the runner-up for the season, she had that beginning, that period at the beginning where she wasn't consistent for herself. Like, it wasn't, like, Alaska was shining. It just took her a while for her to find her groove to get into, you know, her comedy queen, her runway queen, and all of that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I will... I do agree with you on that. I think Jinx was consistent throughout. I think the only, for me, I love, I am partial to the comedy queens. I think they're great. I think they stand out from the rest in a very different way. But for me, I needed something. I also felt like I wanted something a little more high fashion from Jinx. And I know she stayed true to herself. And that's like, I'm glad she did that. But for me, when I'm talking about someone I want to win, I I just wanted like one time where she wore like an evening gown or something like do you know what I mean and I guess that's think not she her waited thing to like the finale and then like at the finale she wore this evening gown and I was like okay you could have brought that out like last week but no I thought they wasn't the candy their last episode oh maybe I'm just like yeah saying no so that was my only thing but I do agree with you she was the most consistent I did feel really she was so bullied the that whole was my season. thing is that I was gonna be really mad if Roxy Andrews run, won because of the way that she had treated Jinx yes like in the last two episodes especially she just really really made fun of Jinx for not having that high fashion aspect to her look and that like really really got on my nerves a because I really like Jinx as a person and as a drag queen and as just like a human being but b because like she got this far obviously she's good at drag if she's in the top three with you like you can't Mm-hmm. there's something there I don't know and in the finale there was kind of this whole discussion of like for Roxy it was more like an insecurity and she mm-hmm. was trying to kind of attack 
Jinx because she had the insecurity and she wanted to win so badly. But I just, like, I don't think there's ever, you should never do that to another human being, whether you're on a competition show or not. Yeah. Like, you can throw shade, you can throw, like, a little bit of shade, and that's fine. And drag queens do that all the time. But just, like, constantly attacking someone and berating them for the strengths they do and don't have that are different from yours is just, like, bad whether you're on a competition show or not. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it also just got her to the point where she was just being straight up mean to her. Like, yeah. And it was upsetting. Like, it wasn't, like, a joke or anything. It was just mean. Yeah. And Mallory, um, Mallory really liked Roxy at the beginning. And it was really interesting. I didn't love Roxy. I I thought she was, like, pretty and stuff. But um, she wasn't my favorite from the beginning. Mallory really liked her. And to watch Mallory. She was a really weak actress. That's true. (laughs) Mallory liked Roxy in the beginning. And to watch Roxy develop and especially get very mean-spirited towards Jinx in the end, Mallory was like, I don't want Roxy to win at all. Mm-hmm. just because of that it wasn't even based off of talent and I think that life lesson that translate it doesn't matter how like talented you are or how beautiful you are like having a bit of humility and humanity and not bringing other people down like that is so important I mm-hmm. think but, yeah definitely my top two that season were Jinx and Alaska who ended up getting first and second respectively yeah and then yeah, which Rocky was really was cool. Oh, the one tea about season... Oh, okay. Also, I will say, even though Detox was kind of shady at times, I liked Detox. Yeah, I didn't I didn't mind Detox. I think... Here's the thing about Detox. Detox has had a lot of plastic surgery. Yes. And if <laughs> you are interested at all, you should go look at pictures of Detox, the drag queen. Um, but there was one episode in the show where she listed off like everything she's had done she's had like every place on your face that you can have plastic inserted done she had didn't she have her chest done like chest arms abs yeah she had like her arms done her abs done definitely her butt done yeah um i'm trying to think if she had like things on her legs done but like anywhere that you can have plastic inserted to make it look like you have the ideal body detoxes had plastic inserted there which isn't necessarily bad like she definitely looks like a woman when she puts on makeup and it allows her to elevate her drag to a different level Mm -hmm. but it's just like to me a that's expensive yeah b that's like that's like a lot Mm -hmm. and I just can't help but imagining that sometimes it gets uncomfortable yeah like to be sitting on plastic all the time I don't know I guess I don't know very much about plastic surgery but like I don't either um the other thing to point out this season was the first season that a contestant said that they like had a crush on another contestant yeah and that I was kind of sad it didn't go anywhere I wanted some drama I don't think yeah I think it could have been fun if it had gone somewhere but it also I think it was pointed out in the finale that one of them had a boyfriend at home so like there wasn't a way for it to really go somewhere oh I don't remember that like in the finale Ivy was like I was watching that episode while I was sitting on the couch with my boyfriend and like it was just a little bit awkward but it also was pointed out that like there 
basically quarantined together. Yeah. With only them for, like, I don't know, however long, two months or whatever. And, like, if you get really close to someone, I've had that happen where, like, if I'm with a group of people for a long period of time, like, at camp or, you know, X, Y, and Z, you, like, pick one and you're, like, that's my favorite, whether or not you're, like, I have a crush on them or not. But mm-hmm. it's always, you, like, pick one and then maybe it turns into something that is, you know, that you would call a crush. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think it was really important because, again, Detox didn't really have any friends. And Ivy Winters, who also I thought, I thought Jinx. she went home. Not Detox. You said Detox. Oh, I meant Jinx. So Ivy Winters, I think she went home too early, personally. I think I, she was really Didn't talented. Coco go home after Ivy Winters? Yes, like a couple think- weeks after. Yeah, that wasn't good for me, but I think that the challenge she was sent home on wasn't a very strong challenge for her, but I I do think that Coco should have been sent home sooner. Anyways, that's just how I feel. I wish, maybe I, maybe what I actually wish is that the challenges were switched up so that, like, the challenge that Ivy did badly on was later in the season as opposed to earlier in the season which it wasn't really that early in the season but it was still like early enough that Mm -hmm. so I but Ivy was really Jinx's only friend and that was something that Jinx had said is she was like I feel heard I don't feel judged by Ivy and Mm -hmm. I think that's especially when everyone else not everyone everyone was either making fun of her or was silent and wasn't necessarily being an ally but wasn't making fun of her yeah just kind of sitting in the corner letting it happen and ivy was the only person who befriended jinx and so i think like you said quarantine and the only person that understands you like yeah and respects your craft i think that's also what it was i don't think anyone else really respected jinx's kind of drag yeah her very focused on comedy drag Mm -hmm. so it's understandable that at one point she was like I think I have a crush on Ivy. Yeah. Even yeah. though, like, it probably wasn't actually a crush. It was more of just like a, oh, thank God, somebody's finally paying attention to me type thing. But uh, anyways, I love that Jinx won. I, but I will say, I don't know if you'll hate me for saying this, but Alaska is on season two of All Stars. And, like, now I'm, like, really rooting for Alaska because she's great and she should win something. Okay, cool. I gotta watch so. All-Stars. Mallory and I, just with the move and everything, and life's been hectic, she's coming over later this week to watch RuPaul, and we haven't been able yeah, to. Yeah, I really can't wait for you guys to get through more of season six, because I love, especially the top three queens of season six, so. Okay, well, that's promising. Excited. <laughs> Woo! It's also Excited. so hard. Okay. <laughs> That was really good. Thank you. Like actually. The it is really hard though being on social media because the most recent season of RuPaul is like all over my social media. Mm. And I'm trying so hard to not see who won. And I feel like I've seen it, but I'm trying to ignore it. Which that's the one that hard thing hard. about watching the show and starting from the beginning. Yeah. Anyways, we should probably start to wrap this up. I think it's probably. getting kind of long. So um with that said if you guys have ever watched 
any of RuPaul's Drag Race. Let us know who you like, who you mm-hmm. don't like. Like I said, Olivia's halfway through season six, and I'm on All Stars 2, but my real, I think I finished through season eight. So don't spoil anything for us, but let us know what your thoughts are mm-hmm. on RuPaul's Drag Race on social media, which um, Instagram is at You Can Live Anytime, just mm-hmm. the name of our podcast. Twitter at You Can Live Any, no time because characters, stupid. So follow us, like us, uh, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, leave guys. Us a review. We would love to read those. Oh, wait, can we shout out? So the way Annika and I put out our podcast is on a website where we can track like how many people on average listen to our podcast, like where people are listening to them. And we have a random listener from Germany. Yeah. So if that's you, if you're from Germany and you listen to our podcasts, thank you. Thank you, first of all. But second of all, we would love to hear from you, get to know you. Hello. Hello. How are you? (laughs) And it wasn't just German. I know. Well, especially because Annika and I, I called her and I was like, someone's listening from Germany. And she, I, she, I was like, do you have family there? And she was like, no. And she was like, do you? And I'm like, no. So um, whoever you are in Germany, if you still listen to us, tell your friends about us. We'd love to get a cool following in Germany. Yeah, that would be so awesome. Like, that's one of those things, if our podcast big, gets big enough, like gigantic, and we could travel for our podcast. That would be so much fun. I would love to go to Germany. I've never been. That's like where a lot of my ancestry is, Germany and France. Yeah, I have a lot of, well, like half of my, my mom's side is mostly German. So yeah, shout out to you. Shout out to our (laughs) German fan. What's up, Deutschland? Mallory and Andrew took German in high school. I did not. I know no German. I took Spanish. I have a minor in Spanish. Can I speak Spanish? No. Can I tell you (laughs) 10 different authors of Spanish literature? Yeah, that's how college Spanish works. That doesn't sound right. You read Gabriel Garcia Marquez and uh, Jorge Luis Borges, and they say, now you can speak Spanish. And I say, no, I can read (laughs) Spanish. Sure. Can I speak Spanish? No. Barely. (laughs) Did you ask the basics of where is the bathroom? See. Puedo decir dónde está el baño <laughs> y, you know, <laughs> dónde está la biblioteca, where's the library. <laughs> so if you're stuck in a Spanish-speaking city, all you can ask is where's the bathroom and where's no. the library. I can say words, but like if you're going to try to have a conversation with me, I'm not going to be able to A, understand you if you speak really quickly. Mm-hmm. and be like I'm gonna have to think about my words a lot okay or and be like it's not as casual and fluid and... yeah 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 yeah. okay all right we need to wrap it up thank you for listening guys we're glad to be back on our regular schedule I think it's your week next week right yeah so next week I'll come with a topic um watch drag race you know now yeah guys let us know maybe, who your favorite queens are maybe if Olivia's finished season six by next week or has at least gotten far enough to comment more on it. 
we'll we'll give you some updates on season six yes maybe as mallory and i get further into drag race i'll do like a drag queens part two episode and then i oh, can yeah. speak we can on like later a... episodes yeah especially if we get caught up that'd be kind of fun Mm-hmm. well it's it's like example one of my favorite drag queens are trixie metallic katia who have oh their show on oh. youtube um and i love them but, but i haven't you don't seen know them from drag queen or drag race no because yet, i haven't because seen their season seven yep haven't yeah. seen their season yet so but i love them as drag queens yeah me too me okay. too anyways okay. um we really do need to wrap this up because now i have to go pee wow uh, we're back on schedule back on schedule i think the thing is that like i try to drink a whole glass of water as we record a podcast and so by the end of the podcast i always have to go pee which should like body clock we should go mm-hmm. bye guys thanks so much bye for guys listening. see you next week thank you